Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken Bait. And today I am sitting down with my best friend Scotty and J.P. Carnegie. Now, who is J.P. Carnegie, you may ask? Well, he is a racer who has been on the podcast before, and today we discuss racing as well as the greatest racing film of all time, Talladega Nights. Just a little bit about Talladega Nights, but it's mostly about racing here on the Kenai Peninsula. Now, before we get into the conversation with two of my favorite people, I need to mention, not that I'm contractually obligated to mention these, but I feel like I should. Coming up this Saturday on the 27th of November, it is the 8th annual 49th Supply Company Party. It's happening at the Willowaw Social right this saturday at the willowa social in anchorage it is the eighth anniversary of the 49th supply company with performances by bishop slice by skatey p saint dion and more that's right ladies and gentlemen you can get your tickets probably at eventbrite but otherwise otherwise i really don't know where to get them i'm assuming the door five bucks more or so but at eventbrite they're ten bucks but yeah figure it out anywho gotta mention that also the next weekend onyx is coming to and they will be playing at cooth i believe it's december 6th or december 7th i will get better information for you in the coming days shout out to my friend alaska red for bringing him to sound with permafrost promotions also performing on stage that night making his triumphant return to the really cold place where he came from. I mean, he's living in Cali now, so... I mean, if you had to get out and you were going to go someplace, wouldn't you want to go someplace warm? Yeah. I mean, I would. If you're going to leave here, go someplace warm. Oh my gosh, that is some mediocre coffee. Alright folks, if you are looking to reach out to the Woken Bake Podcast, the easiest way to do that is to go to the website, getwokenbake.com, hit us up, say hello, or at Woken Bake Podcast on Instagram. We normally go live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so if you want to pop in there and shoot the shit with us, you are more than welcome to. Love to have you on. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about, whatever I want to talk about. Someone hit me up about Agenda 2030 this weekend. I'm going to have to do some digging into that. Um, it probably won't be the first time it's going to come up anytime soon, so I might as well dig into it and have some better information for you fine folks much, much sooner rather than later. All right, without any further ado, here is the Sleepy Bear Conversation with the one and only J.P. Carnegie, best friend Scotty, and yeah, Talladega Nights. It's about Talladega Nights and racing. All right. There you go. And the video is available on our YouTube channel. I'll probably put a a link down in the description for the YouTube channel. All right, thanks for checking this out. Have a great day. Have a great afternoon. Have a great whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. Here you go. Look at this. We We got two beards and a mustache. Like, I'm feeling really out of my league here right now, gentlemen. Oh, there he is. There he Oh, you look so handsome. It's my What up, guys? Hello, how are you? Trying to stay warm. 
I it, wish I had your hat, that's for sure. It is chilly. So, uh, JP, uh, let, let me start by saying that JP lives in Sterling, Alaska, which is about 10 degrees colder than whatever it is where I live. So, by the way, we live in the same community about five minutes from each other. So, and right now, uh, it says it's nine degrees. It feels like it's nine degrees, which means it probably feels like it's one degree in Sterling right now at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. So it's chilly. Uh, Scotty uh, is in Missouri right now. So, and the movie that we are- It's a blistering 55 degrees here. It's so summer. Yes. Yeah, great. Uh, so the movie we are we are here to talk about today is one of the greatest films of all time. A movie that uh, Scotty and I have an emotional attachment to, uh, and Mr. J.P. Carnegie. This is a film that professionally uh, you address on a regular basis. That movie is the American classic, Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Or do I say it backwards? I don't know. Who wants to start? I think that's right. I think that's right. So Talladega, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Yeah. I don't think that's backwards. Okay. I mean, is your fan base really going to be upset if we say something backwards? Uh, they probably thought we said it right anyway. They'll just trust us. Yeah. <laughs> They'll wonder I'm sure Adam McKay and Will Ferrell didn't... didn't uh, collaborate with us to begin with uh, almost 20 years ago. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that your comment section is just going to be blowing up with people who do all their fact checking and want to yell at us. It's going to be Siri and he's going to talk about how much of a turd bucket we are. By the way, don't fall into the black hole, Scott. Don't fall in. You know, I'm holding on to my camper table for dear life. I think I can manage it for a little while. Well, good. Good. It's important to hold on. I, I've been watching... Uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix, and you got a hole, especially when there's a hole in the spaceship. Or in the um, airplane. Or in the airplane. Shout out to D.B. Cooper. All right. So, um, first off, let me start with, um, with this uh, film, and, and JP. Uh, what are your thoughts on the film Talladega Nights um, as a racer? Do you feel like it's pretty accurate? Um, I think the racing aspect of it is more to give the, the movie substance on what he's doing. But they do a lot of banging on there that would probably get you black flag, like the whole shake and bake where he comes in, knocks the dude in the butt, and then <laughs> lets uh, Ricky go zooming by. That's... I feel like that would be highly frowned upon. Of course, I don't know all of NASCAR's rules, but here at our local track, that wouldn't that wouldn't be necessarily encouraged. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. But is it illegal? Because he's a big, hairy winning machine, and that's all that matters. I mean, the movie's great. <laughs> oh, hold on. I mean, notifications probably off on this thing. Um. As a movie, the, I mean, the action and everything, it makes it a great movie. But when you're racing, no, you don't want to bang into people, you know, as little as possible. I know that can, rub, rubbing is racing, though. But that's because accidents do happen. 
So you can't just go banging into somebody. I mean, it's different with ice racing, which the dirt season just ended, but ice racing starts up here uh, the first of the year. And in ice racing, yeah, you can bump into them. That's no big deal. But on Bill, track, Bill have already cars, talked about ice racing on the side. And I, I assume since it's Alaska, all year round is just ice racing season. And you guys are all in these like death machines. Oh, no. And then the ice racers, are, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you always got different kinds of cars. Some dudes have got trucks. Um, we weld iron around the outside. So that way, if you do slide into somebody, you're going to bang in, you know, into the iron versus crunch your car all up. I'm picturing like a Toyota AE86 with an iron frame around it, three and a half turbos sticking out of the hood and just screaming like a banshee. Well, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Like you could have a crazy horsed out motor. It's not going to matter a whole lot because it's all about torque more than speed, all about traction more than anything else. If you don't got traction. Like if your tires are spinning too much because you got too much motor, you're not going to grab any traction. Well, I didn't, I didn't say the turbos are functional. You wouldn't made an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, um, how did you get started in racing? I started with ice racing. I was a spectator for a couple of seasons. And uh, the wife convinced me, she's like, you got to do this. You got to build one. So I picked one of the many cars in my yard that ran and drove. And I built a replica A-team van like legit replica looked just like the A-team van. It was friggin' awesome. And I raced the whole season in the, in the van raced the first two weekends last season in the van. Um, and then it got crunched real bad and it would never came back from it. So I built a little S 10 pickup that was so hot. Uh, only got to race it once though. It was in my shop when my shop collapsed last year. So after that, the club was super cool, and I got to drive different races in other people's cars. Uh, we have what's called the Pitman race, where if you ever help or work on a car, you can just you jump in their car for the Pitman race. And I did a lot. I did Pitman race with uh, Anthony Hannibal's team, uh, Amanda Hannibal and Faith Link, in the Team 21 truck. That was a blast. I got to drive uh, Bobo uh, Robert Chesley's 012 cop car. It was a Caprice, 86 Caprice. That thing was a blast. Um, a couple of different cars I got to drive was super cool. Um, Shannon Ferguson and Jeremiah Ferguson's or uh, 49 Lincoln or what? I'm not sure what year that thing was, but it was a Lincoln. It was cool. Uh, my buddy Brick Macarell has had a little Suzuki sidekick, and that thing was a go kart. It was freaking hilarious and a blast to drive. Um, do you think that it makes it pretty cool? But uh. This year I'm coming out. I got a I got a whole new truck this year. Um, do you think that it makes much of a difference whether or not the vehicle is like all wheel drive or front wheel drive or rear wheel drive, especially when you're racing on ice? Uh, rear wheel drive is preferred, in my opinion. That's what I would rather run than anything, because it it front wheel drive can do really well, but only if the track conditions are good enough for a front wheel drive to run because you're not allowed to stud your drive tires. So if your steering tires are your drive tires, you can't stud them. So now you can't steer like the other people can. And you can't have all wheel drive. It has to be two wheel drive only, front engine mounted. That's the rules. Why? Because um, out there an all wheel drive would just walk away from everyone else. 
it's an unfair advantage. It's like in other classes, you can't have turb like in the dirt track, you can't have turbos and whatnot. Oh, my son is trying to. Hi. Hi. He's walking off. Hi. Hey. Go play, boy. Go play, boy. <laughs> Sitting in the stairs, it's closest to the internet. Um. So you Alaskans and your internet. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's janky as heck, dude. Like. <laughs> You can have great internet one minute and then nothing immediately. And then you have kids, right? So you might just end up with your router turned off. Yeah, well, it's they're all on their tablets and phones and just drains the bandwidth. Mm. You guys don't really make compelling arguments for your state. <laughs> no. I, we have ice racing. Yeah, that, which sounds horrible to me. It sounds like a terrible idea. I don't want to go put a multi-ton vehicle on ice. I don't trust so the, ice. The coolest part, well, the ice is thick. We don't even start till we have at least 14 inches. And by the end of the season... That's what my we, wife says every night. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Me, six. Ooh. He's got me beat. I only have five. I have three boys and three girls. Oh, I was just making a joke about his 14 inches getting her started. All right. Heck yeah, brother. <laughs> um, so what um, do you think that the movie would be a little bit different, uh, Talladega Nights would be a little bit different if it occurred on ice? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in the ice club is nothing like NASCAR. You know, I mean, it's a local racing Club. It's been going on since 1961, so since Alaska was a first estate, still in its infancy, it's been going on out on the lake at the Decanter Inn, just outside of Soldatna. So it's a long tradition of people, and it started the same way every other race does. Two dudes drunk in a bar, I'm faster than you, oh yeah, let's plow this lake and race on the lake. Well, it's probably much safer if you're already hammered at the bar to go. Uh, I mean, who's going to pull you over? You got to have a cop car with with cleats uh, on it. It's, it's mildly dangerous. You got to let them be. Um, so, what do you think? Uh, aside from like dirt versus ice, like what is the biggest difference in ice racing? And then we're going to talk about the movie because it's important. Uh really hard it's they're totally two different animals man racing on dirt versus racing on ice like i said with ice it's all about traction and then you wind up with so much slipping and sliding around it's it's a lot more you got a lot to look out for versus dirt racing as long as people you're dirt racing with run a clean race which is where you don't bang into each other um and hold their line you know and that's what the circle tracks you wind up with a lot of that where they're holding their, even in the movie, in Talladega Nights, they're holding their line. The racing that they, you know, are doing is clean that they're showing, other than when you see Ricky, ba or Cal Watkins bang into the back of whoever he bangs into, and then here comes Ricky around him. Which uh, is what every good teammate should do. Yeah. So let me ask you um, as a question, as a racer, do you think that someone like uh, Cal Naughton Jr., AKA Mike Honcho would be an asset as a teammate or a liability. I don't know. I mean, at the same time watching the movie, 
I felt bad for Cal. He never gets, you know, never gets a chance to see the checker. And everybody should hold the checker at least once, man. It's what you do it for. You do it for fun, you know. But if you're not ever winning, it's it can lose its fun. Okay. Well, then let's let's talk a little bit about the movie. Um, Scott, can you tell us about your first impressions, like when you watched the movie, like the first time you watched the movie versus watching it now? Uh, I, it's a movie that holds up for me. I still, I can sit down anytime, anyplace, watch the movie, turn my brain off and just laugh at how ridiculously stupid the entire thing is. I don't remember where I was the first time I watched it, but I remember just cracking up at, I don't know anything about racing other than cars go fast, cars go left. It's simple as that. But man, I just watching the whole thing and how he's just, like I said, I was kind of getting after JP a little bit. What does it matter about the rules? I'm a big Perry winning machine. The rules don't apply to me because I'm the best there ever was. And, and that's like the mindset I laugh at with that movie. And I absolutely love it. And I think it's still funny today. I mean, if you go out there with enough male bravado, you can do whatever you want. And nobody's going to tell you otherwise. See, and I agree with you on that big, hairy winning machine. I mean, for the movie, that's great. I mean, look I mean, at you. You look like a big, hairy winning machine. <laughs> <laughs> I've won a couple, not very many. But, I've, you know, Hi. it's all fun. It's all for the fun. And that's, yeah. to me, what the movie really shows is, you know, they're having fun. They're being competitive. And the movie's hilarious. I watched the uncut edition, which, to me, it left they left out a bunch of my favorite scenes, it seems like, because... I watched the whole movie waiting for the kids to put their headphones in, you know, ass and titties, ass and titties. <laughs> and it never happened. And I was like, oh, damn, I bought the wrong version. I almost wanted to go and buy the uncut or the, the cut version so I could see that scene. I'm like, shit. Uh, hi. Hi. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you think that it uh, making it uh, like it took away from it uh, being an unrated version? Like, I, I think that you can do a lot more sometimes with a lot less. It forces creativity. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think uh, Dirty Work would have been a, a perfect R-rated movie, but I thought the Talladega Nights was awesome, was, was fine as PG-13. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the uncut version was it was funny but the other parts that they left out because it was uncut you know what they had to change to make it where they could play it in a theater or whatever was funnier like i said my favorite scene is when the kids are all at the dinner table and the mom's like oh put your headphones in and we're gonna say some adult words, words. They put headphones in. first thing that starts playing is friggin project pat three six mafia ass and titty you know it's um <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it seems like it can be that way a lot of times, and it's become that way a lot more frequently, uh, and that's a whole other conversation. But what are your thoughts on the relationship between Cal and um, uh, Cal and Ricky and how that has evolved uh, from being teammates to being competitors? And do you see that, and have you experienced that in racing? And Scotty, have you experienced that in life? Uh, please, JP, you first. Um, no, I've never experienced that in any racing. Um, everybody's racing is more like a family when you get out there. You know, everybody who's running, a lot of them been running for years. Um, 
and especially in smaller like ice racing is a lot smaller than the circle tractors circle tractors can be up to seven different classes out there at one time you know which would be a certain group of cars makes up each class and so it'll take a pit you know be almost a quarter mile long versus the ice club up here where you'll race at and it'll be 17 cars total for the whole track you know um the only different things they're running is the men's heats the women's heats then they'll have the teens run a race you know i mean but it's all it's all family more oriented so you don't end up with a lot of that you know i hope you you uh went through something so i'm taking your wife you know there's none of that kind of going on um <laughs> but it didn't make with the movies hilarious uh Okay. And I think Ricky and Ricky and uh, Cal's relationship, uh, I like the way that it transpired, the way, you know, that they wrote that plot. Because it made, like I said, it made for really funny. Cal keeps calling him up, you know, hey, how do you turn the Wi-Fi on in your house? You know, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm just sitting in your house. I'm not saying that it hasn't happened in our small little town, though. No, yeah, it's definitely happened in our town. That's it's not in our small town, and over the course of the last since 1961, that that exact storyline has happened at least once in our small little town. There were teammates, and then one of them ended up married to the other one's wife. That scenario <laughs> has happened in our small little town in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, and I'm sure it's also happened in Scotty's small little town in the middle of nowhere, uh, Missouri. He said, no, no. It happens every day on military. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, do you think that that, uh, do you see that level of competition, though, exist? Um, let's say moving on between um, uh, Ricky and, um, and uh, Jean, Jean Girard, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, do you do you, oh, have yeah, yeah. Of, do you have that degree of competition uh, when people come from racing other vehicles? Like if they're if they're going sprints and then they run into like one of the other classes of vehicles, do you ever like run into that sort of hyper uh, hyper competitiveness? Um, I've seen it in the same class. Um, never between classes really per se unless somebody moves like john gerard did moves to your class and then it really all depends on whether or not you get along with that person you know it's all on who the person really is out there here locally is what it feels like but yeah i mean i've seen that kind of definitely that kind of competitiveness between two people you know out of the track for sure um now, Scott, in uh, in your career field, have you um, run into experiences uh, where you had that sort of level of competition, uh, where it is uh, it's gone into the realm of unsafe, where you know people might get hurt just based off just based off ego? Ah, oh, man, I I think me you, you talked to Glenn before, right? I think me and Glenn teeter the line of unsafe with. I want to call it healthy competition between the two of us, but I think me and him both have such bravado about we're best friends. You know, we love each other, but anytime it's time to be competitive, we're going to teeter that line as to healthy competition and pushing one another and being unsafe. 
prime example when me and him both got into motocross racing uh we were out there and we were you know it was our first time racing and we were dead last i mean every, the, the rest of the track was already done racing and we're still out there pushing but we were pushing harder and faster than we really should have been doing just making a point against each other and in the end we actually ended up crashing like in the middle of the correct track and our bikes were like flying different directions and instead of like doing anything we just stood there and hugged each other in the middle of the track and then we went and found our bikes and kept racing but yeah with someone like that we were we do push each other way too hard but since we've been apart for a year we've both calmed down a bit <laughs> all right he took his hat off well anyways well i'm at the beach now i know you're at the beach you're getting warm huh yeah i'm getting hot i might take my shirt off please don't Keep your blue. but i'm at the beach and i gotta <laughs> soak up the vitamin d uh, i believe Ludacris has a song about that vitamin d <laughs> got a lot of songs about that vitamin d <laughs> i mean if there's if there's one thing that Ludacris is known for it's his vitamin d songs yes uh, same thing with two live crew another song another group with lots of songs about their vitamin d motley crew also had songs about to my, off the top of my head uh and i'm sure there was a pop group called vitamin d at some point it might have been vitamin c i don't know um there's tlc at one point ah yes yeah rip well you can't forget about salt and pepper you gotta push it real good i hear by the way i want to i want to throw this out since you're talking about salt and pepper so there's a uh, the british baking show which is a pbs show that is also on netflix right now uh is currently airing now the host of that show one of the hosts of that show looks like Guy Fieri if Guy Fieri had never gone to Flavortown. <laughs> like, if Guy Fieri was like Guy Cold Water, like, and not Guy Fiery. No, no, not that guy. If Guy, Guy Fieri had never discovered uh, highlighters or muscle cars and instead drove around and sensible small european vehicles with great liter mileage uh, great oh i'm sorry it's not gas mileage it's <laughs> gas mileage. and you know like if he was a boring dude that didn't like partying on the weekends however the guy from uh drivers dine in dive-ins drive-ins and dives that guy not that guy the, the british baking guy not the guy that you'd necessarily want to hang out with so he's driving a beige volvo and he has a nasty comb over <laughs> the same haircut, but it's just like just gray. Like he legitimately, like Guy Fieri, uh, if he had never been to Flavor Town, if he'd been like I'm Flavor Village, right? So dry <laughs> naturally sweetened cherries with sourdough and egg, and we'll see. <laughs> Meanwhile, Guy Fieri's like fuck it, fuck it. Fuck it! Shove it in my mouth! Fuck it! Here we are, Williams bag. <laughs> we are here in Williams Williams bag, and we are having the cream tartar with a natural caramel glaze. It's 
the the sugar was made from heirloom sugar cubes and something or other. And it was perfectly aged for 15 years. Meanwhile, Guy Fieri's like, fuck it, Flavor Town. This dude is like not fun. This guy is like a, seems like a less fun Guy Fieri. Like Guy Fieri seems like a guy you'd want to go to a sporting event with, you know, like he's going to have fun. Um, this guy wouldn't have as much fun. Like you would, he'd invite you to go to tennis, like a tennis competition, and then get upset when you get excited. Oh, no. Shh. <laughs> Which moves into, moves us back to, to racing aspect. When you're out on the track, can you hear anything? Does, does the crowd reaction mean anything to you when you're on the track? Oh, yeah. For me, it does. And, yeah, you can hear them. Depend, well, yeah, you can hear them. Even over the loud mo louder motors, you can hear them when they get all crazy excited. Or you hear the whole crowd, somebody wrecks, and you hear them, oh, you know. It's, yeah, it's. The crowd makes all of it, and that's what it's, you know, you gotta, gotta have the fans, otherwise you're just out there driving in a circle. Do you ever hear, like, do you ever hear the audience go, oh, and you know it was a wreck, and you're just like, better you than me, brother, I'm in turn three, yeah, it was turn two, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I've been in the demolition, I drive demolition derby. Okay. And that's always great when you hear the crowd, you smash into somebody and the whole crowd goes, oh, oh, and you know you're not all right. That's, yeah, that's when you're like, yeah, that's better it was you because I'm going to have run into this guy and hopefully keep going. Fair enough. So then Demolition Derby is a blast. What's, what's more accurate a race movie, Talladega Nights or Death Race? <laughs> Ooh, see, God, it's been years since I've seen Death Race. Well, there's but, um, so that we're all clear. As a driver, as a driver, my favorite movie is probably Ford versus Ferrari. I haven't seen Matt it. Damon, really well made and not funny. <laughs> it's, oh, it's not really funny. Yeah. So uh, the guy from the British, the guy from the British movie directed it, huh? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. The lame guy Fury is the director. All right. If it's not him, then it's the, <laughs> the British baking series. And it's like, oh, this looks really well well thought out and well put together. It's like when um, when the dude that got uh, Ang Lee, the man that directed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, got hired to do the, the first Hulk movie. And you're like, I mean, yeah, that was a kung fu movie. But most of his stuff's like emotional, like feeling stuff. Ew. Why do, yeah. you, yeah, why do you have that guy do the Hulk? Um, it's the wrong dude to do the Hulk. But yeah, that's who... Yeah. Watch, watch the new Death Races. God bless them. Um, so then what, in, in, as far as racing, what film do you feel is the most accurate to what you do? Is it, um, is it Days of Thunder? I, I don't know. For me, it's always been hard to try to tie... It, how something in real life feels to something in the media like that. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Days of Thunder is a great movie, but I mean, but, that'd be like, to me, that'd be like if I played in the NFL and was like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, Friday Night Lights, you know, which it's probably not, but because obviously I don't play in the NFL, but I mean, it's hard to, for me to, to make a connection like that between something. 
because it's a feeling, man, and there's nothing, nothing like it. I think Cannonball Run's Once probably the most it, realistic movie. I haven't seen that. Uh, you haven't seen Cannonball Run? Oh, no. Man. So there are several different death races, and I would recommend you watch it before you watch Cannonball Run. Um, there were there were Cannonball Run or not Cannonball Run death races that came out within a year of each other, and there were two completely different sequels to uh, death races. So there was a the Roger Corman death race, which came out I believe like in the late sixties, early seventies, and then there was the remake that came out around two thousand nine, two thousand ten, with I believe Jason Statham was in there. Um, but a, a couple of years ago, there were two sequels that came out around the same time. One was the sequel to the Jason Statham death race, and the other one was the sequel to the Roger Corman death race, which was totally hokey and fucking awesome. So watch all of the death races, and then we'll talk about their similarities to, uh, to ice racing. Now, do you have a particular favorite uh, as far as uh, ice racing and uh, dirt track racing? No, not really. Oh, we got ten not minutes really. left. I mean, I would rather dirt race all year, be, only because it's warmer. I mean, but there's not really a favorite. I mean, ice racing is is like I said, it's all different. Ice racing is way different than the dollar stock class at Twin Cities, which is different than the A stock class. You know, it's all different. What is you know, the changes? To, what'd you say? What is the dollar stock? A dollar stock's an entry level class at Twin Cities Raceway, where you can take any pretty much any car and knock the glass and the interior out add your your couple of safety equipments that you need and run and you have up to a grand to build your car so if you spend more than a grand you can't race that car and the idea of dollar stock originally was to feed the demolition derby at the end of the season that's why you weren't allowed to spend more than five or five. At first it was 500 bucks. Then they changed it to a grand because it was harder to find a car for less than two or three, you know? Yeah. Especially one that ran. And then so, you got to swap the car. Then you got to swap the carburetor out because you're not running fuel injected for any type of race in my book. Well, the people out there are. I got a buddy who's running a Nissan Altima, I think. No, Maxima. And that car just wailed out there. It was crazy. I'm just I'm just talking trash. You got you got to get three and a half twin turbos on that thing too. I mean, oh yeah, at, at a minimum. Supercharge it. Yeah, I want to. So like, so if you only have a thousand dollars, like, can I go to a pull apart and pull like a you know a six six out of a twenty five hundred HD and drop that into a Ford Fiesta if I have the ability? No, it's got to be stock. Oh, okay, stock that's right. I, I didn't hear stock. Okay, well, that's why it's a dollar stock. Yeah, it makes sense. And then we have A stock and the A stock, I believe it's stock heads um, and stock internals of the motor, I believe. But I know it's stock heads and stock manifolds for sure in the A stock class. Mm. B stock, you're allowed to go a little further, you know, as far as souping it up. But then when you, if you want to get into that, you, you might as well start driving late models. Yeah. Those do crazy horsepower motors. I just want to take like an old, impala or an old buick and put a diesel in it and just roll coal across the entire track and piss everybody off <laughs> <laughs> me, and like, oh, buddy, me and my buddy wanted to put a cat the cap motor out of the old kodiak like yeah. kodiak 
take a Kodiak motor and put it in a Chevy Love. There you go. And just smoke all four tires the first time you let go of it. <laughs> I had a friend put a uh, a Busa motor in a Mini Cooper once. <laughs> yeah, nice. That was ridiculous. I was like, why would you do this? He's like, why wouldn't I do it? I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> I had a buddy who put a built 460 big block out of the 18-passenger Ford Econoline van into an 82 Ford Ranger. <laughs> and the thing would launch. It would lift off the ground. Yeah, it every time. It, three cabs when it started, it just started jumping down the, the lane. <laughs> yeah, it just lifts right the hell up every time you mash into it. By the time it was done, it had ladder bars all the way to the front end. It had... Uh, a wheelie bar sticking out the back of it because yeah just to keep it from flipping over so That's then so crazy. do you guys get sponsors in your little small town oh yeah yep okay i'm sponsored by hillbilly customs okay the amazing walden bros because uh, i was just thinking about like do you guys get ad time because i was just thinking about the ads in talladega nights you can be sitting there for the spring and just hitting it you happy i'm happy oh come on down to hillbilly deluxe if they want you to voice their ads, but nine yeah. out of ten, you know, they most of them do it themselves. If they oh. even run ads, because a lot of people around here won't don't really run ads. They run they, a lot of it runs by word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, especially if you have a good ice car. Yeah, yeah, and seeing the name—that's the other thing. Like a lot of the cars will have the sponsors on the car because that's yeah. what they're paying for is ad space. Would you ever sell your windshield to a sponsor? Yes, I would. <laughs> Why you're a big Gary winning machine, my man? Yeah. You pay me enough, I'll put your name anywhere. Anywhere? Oh, yeah. You want one across the windshield, side window, you know? Across you my said, ass crack, I'll do it. You said anywhere. <laughs> yes, Bill. So, quick question. Uh, aside from the lack of windshields, right? Like, is the rest of the vehicle street legal? No. Oh, no. You got to <laughs> remove your blinker, you know, all the lights. So cops pull you over you ain't got no lights but i have raced dollar stock cars that had the license plates on it still i wonder if i can put like a like a steel rim or like a steel barrier around my my vehicle like if i could i really want to mad max out the uh, the lexus see i don't know that's why i've wondered too because there's been a couple times where i'm like man i just really need to take it to my buddies and he only lives up the road you know might as well jump on the highway and then i'm like no better not don't want to get impounded, lose my eyes, racer. All right. Um, JP, thank you so much. You said the races start on the 1st of January, and they are at the Decanter Inn off of uh, the Sterling Highway, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's the 1st. It'll either be the 31st or the 1st. Um, just follow. You can follow them on Facebook, Kenai Peninsula Ice Racing Appreciation. Um, yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram at Sleepy Bear Machine uh, or on Facebook at Sleepy Bear Racing, and you'll get updates through those pages as well. But it's going to be a blast. Um, there will be times where we'll even live stream the races. All right. Uh, JP, thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for your energy. Um, Scotty, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm about to go eat some Din Din, man. It's time to eat around here. All right. Well, I'm, how are you doing? I'm hanging out at the beach. I'm about to take my shirt off. Um, I'm actually, I don't want to shock anyone who's watching this right now on the YouTube channel, 
there's a YouTube channel. Mm. Um, I'm not actually at the beach. This is a uh, this is kind of a Zoom background. Um, You're telling me that I got up with Mr. Musk and went into space for this stupid video, so that way you could pretend to be at the beach. It's true. I'm actually in the basement. Uh, well, I'm actually in the garage, and the heater is off, so that it's not getting real loud, and it's really, really cold. So, um, I'm definitely yeah. not at the beach. You should have taken. You off. think it's cold in your basement? I'm in outer space. Yeah, that was silly. I don't know why you did that. I don't know why. That seems like a lot of work for a Zoom video. Well, you're worth it, my friend. Oh shit! <laughs> it make me feel like an asshole. Well. We need to do a video talking about this camping trip coming up this summer, but we don't have time for it now. No, because you've got kids stuff to do, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and we only have two minutes left. I can restart another video. I don't care. Uh, well, let's do kids stuff, but then we need to start building some hype for this coming summer, the debauchery slash adventure. We need to get some street cred going, because apparently I got to fight a dude. I got to rap somebody. Now I got to take $1,000 and buy a car and race this guy. Yes. I'm calling Yes, I'm calling Alaska out. I've said it. You're going to do the full-on Alaska adventure. I like <laughs> Doing everything. I like it. All I'm right. actually kind of nervous to fight this guy at the airport. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to take my third introduction to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I should be okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, he fought Jared Cannonier, uh, who's get, who will one day fight for a belt in the Okay. Yeah, we talked about that. I got my dog into half guard yesterday, so... Heck yeah. And it's a miniature dachshund. <laughs> All right, Fred. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. To talk.